The Marlins head into calls needing at least a series win, if not a sweep. Can the Marlins get their 2022 season back on track? Going to dive into all of that and more on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Marlins, your daily Marlins podcast with me, Peter Pratt, and welcome to the Monday edition. First, housekeeping, guys. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Don't forget that underscore. Not on Instagram, not on TikTok. No, no, no. Twitter only for me, of course. And And as well, don't forget to subscribe to the pod or the YouTube channel. Yep. Reminder, this is week two of the YouTube channel, and it's been a success thus far. Uh, All episodes have gone live. No major technical issues. I'm producing it all. I'm editing it all. So (laughs) that's a positive. Welcome to the Monday edition of Locked on Marlins. And we are pregame here in the UK. It's still still sunny and I'm doing a podcast. What is going on? But we had to get in early because it's a UK-friendly Monday. Unheard of. The Marlins head and end their road trip in Denver. Uh, Three-game series with the Rockies. I'm delighted to welcome on Thomas Ritchie. Main man behind Rockies UK. Tom, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing good, Pete. Uh, looking forward to the, the UK-friendly start times, uh, uh, particularly a rarity in, in Colorado. So, yeah, hopefully you're doing well and you're, you're looking forward to it as well. 100%. I mean, uh, you're right. The, the the real treat for us collectively is uh, this this two of three UK-friendly in, in Colorado, which is absolutely unheard of. So, happy days. I'm assuming it must be a bank holiday of sorts in in the US and uh, thus we we effectively have a day game on a Monday. So wonderful for us. We're going to dive into all of the matchups uh, very, very shortly as well. What's been going on with these Rockies uh, and as well, there's, there's some news as well for the Marlins in terms of who's going to be starting game two. Um, so really looking forward to, to getting into this one. But reminder, guys, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. And Tom, let's kind of start with these Rockies. Uh, just if you can, uh, give us a brief summary of uh, the 22 season thus far. Currently sitting in fifth place in the in the really tough NL West, but overall summary from uh, from the guys on the field this year. I suppose it's been same old Rockies. We've been reasonably good at home and pretty tragic on the road. I mean, the season got off to a, a bit of a flyer as well. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we won some games on the road early in April, but May nine and seventeen in May is you know it's pretty been a pretty dismal month. You know, Chris Bryant, obviously the the big off season acquisition. We've not seen much of him. With he's had a couple of stints on the IL. Antonio Sensatella's had a, a lengthy stint on the IL recently, uh, fifteen days or so, a couple of weeks. Um, and Freeland, Kyle Freeland, got a knock. Uh, at the weekend, I think the X-ray came back negative, so we're not sure how long he'll be out if he'll even miss his next go around in the rotation. But yeah, when you when you have the depth or lack of that the Rockies have, these sorts of injuries are, are not things you can kind of cope with long term. And you know we've seen already that we we've struggled to do that. Yeah, your summary there sounds eerily similar to uh, the Marlins season thus far in twenty two. Started pretty well. Uh, in in 
in April and then in May, of course, uh, it's been real, real tough. And the Marlins have really struggled uh, in, in May and have been even worse than the Rockies. So, you know, that kind of sums it up. They're trying to, I guess, finish on a high in May uh, and then get into June and kind of do something uh, as quick as they can. But yeah, it's not been good. Just as well, you, you mentioned you mentioned him, Chris Bryant, the big offseason acquisition for the Rockies. It's been just try and summarize, kind of as a Rockies fan, your assessment of of how they've managed this in the last couple of years. There's been a, a couple of pu- puzzling kind of moves and decisions. It seems I'm not totally clear on what the strategy is. It, it, have you got any insight you can share with us? I think yes. You, you have to differentiate between the old front office that traded Nolan Arenado, uh, run by Jeff Bradich, and the new front office that came in halfway through last season and decided to sign Chris Bryant. I think I think from the, the ownership, the, the idea has always been to have a superstar, spend the money and try and win. Unfortunately, Jeff Bradich had his uh, issues with Nolan Arenado that caused him to want away. Um and then Trevor Story, I think again the, the Rockies did try and make a play to, to keep him, but he'd been around under the previous regime and clearly seen that there were a lot of shortcomings. But you know, hopefully if we can get Chris Bryant healthy, you know, maybe we can see some progress. You know, he's here for a long time, so you know, yeah. we've got two or three years to try and build something now. Yeah, for sure. And as well, the, the other thing I've seen from the Rockies and their approach has been to kind of lock down some of these starting pitchers. They've been hand, handing out a lot of uh, extensions. So pretty much all the top three, four guys in the rotation all extended as well. So I guess that's one of the strategies here. The key strategy is just kind of build around this pitching staff. Uh, clearly, it's hard. You, you, you know, you go and look at their overall ERA numbers and it's always hard because you're playing half your games at home and uh, it always inflates them. But yeah, what was your take on that? I know Sensatella got an extension. I think Freeland did as well. Herman Marquez got one a few years back. So that seems to be the strategy. Happy with that one? Yeah. When you when you get guys who've proved over two or three years that they can pitch well at, at Coors Field, you have to try and, you know, keep them. We've seen when you bring guys in who have started elsewhere, they do tend to struggle. So when you've got guys who've come through the system, always pitched at Coors and proven they can do that, then you know, I think you you have to lock them down. Obviously, Herman Marquez has had his struggles this year, but you know, over the last few years, I think his extension has been, you know, worthwhile. Kyle Freeland again, you know, he's had his ups and downs this year, but you know, I think he's proven that he can be a, a good starter for what he's getting paid. And Sensatello again, he was he's had a very good couple of years. He's had the injury this year, so we'll see how see how he bounces back as well. Yeah, no doubt. Just in in general, then the overall optimism levels, maybe not just for for this season, but kind of looking a little bit further ahead. You know, clearly it was a bit of a transition period for the Rockies the past few years, as you know, some of the old stalwarts that were part of the the kind of successful campaigns have, have moved on. So, where's your head at now with the Rockies uh, and and what it looks like the next what two, three, four years? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it does depend on what this rotation can put together. If Marquez continues to fall off a cliff then you know maybe the future doesn't look too bright because the there's not too much pitching in the high levels of the uh minor league organization that could you know come in and and be an elite starter with some way away from that so i think you know it, it does depend on what this rotation do you have to have confidence that 
you know, at Marquez's age, he's not over the hill and, you know, completely cooked that, you know, he can bounce back from, you know, what's it by far the roughest stretch of his career, I'd say. Um, I think if you've got this, you know, the, the four guys who were, you know, reasonably long-term with Austin Gomber as well, Chad Cool's obviously on a, on a one-year deal, but if you've got those four guys, then you look at, at the lineup. you've got, you have got guys who are not too far away. Ezekiel Tovar is, is probably the long-term shortstop future. He's been, he, he tore it up in spring training. He's been tearing up the, the minors. You know, when you've got Chris Bryant, you've got Rymack at third. CJ Crohn's going to be here for, you know, a couple of years. And then the out, the outfield, again, obviously you've got Chris Bryant there. The other two spots long-term are probably slightly slightly up in the air. We've got two our two big prospects the last two years we've drafted outfielders. So, you know, whether they'll come through quickly enough for this kind of current team, uh, we'll wait and see. But yeah, we're, we're, uh, it depends on the pitching rotation, basically. Again, sounds very similar to the Marlins. I mean, listen, Marlins are, are building their team around the pitching and, and the depth, etc. And uh, if the pitching is on, they have a chance and it, things look optimistic. If the pitching doesn't pan out as you expect or hope, uh, then things don't look as great very quickly. So it's funny, you know, they, they, the teams sound like they've had similar 22s. The strategy more generally uh, has been the same. Obviously, the man has locked up Sandy Alcantara, their, their main ace um, to an extension. Pablo Lopez, two years of ARB remaining. Interesting to see what they do with him. Do they look to lock him up? Trevor Rogers, obviously, uh, still on uh, league minimum, which is great. Uh, and then, you know, we're then into... What does Max Meyer look like? What does Edward Cabrera look like the next uh, year or two? And, and are they major league level pitchers? So some really interesting questions coming up there for the Marlins too. Um, I want to really dig into the pitching matchups uh, for this series uh, very, very shortly. Uh, before we do that reminder, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. And I've been using Athletic Greens mainly because they sent me a batch um, for the last four weeks, I would say. And I started taking AG1 Mainly because I was I was feeling I was feeling fatigued. I needed more energy. It's tough. This baseball season as a UK fan is tough. I was looking for more energy. So, what is it? What do you get? Basically, you take one scoop, put it in water, shake it all about. It looks green. It's seventy five high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Perfect for me. All the things. So how am I feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling pumped. I'm feeling real good. I wish the Marlins were better, but nevertheless, I'm feeling energetic. I think it feels like it's working to me. So here's the action. Here's the call to action. Athletic Greens are going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash MLB network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Oof. Those athletic greens sound sensational. They are sensational. They are very green. They definitely, they definitely do what they say on the tin, no doubt. Um, Tom, let's get into these pitching matchups then, because I looked to today, the UK friendly, the Marlins have Pablo Lopez uh, going, which for us, and just more generally, this is a must-win series for the Fish. It truly is. And I think if if this series uh, ends in defeat or a sweep, uh, God forbid, 
I'm pretty much full blown white flag up for this year in in, in 22 for the Marlins in, in early June. I think it's going to be cooked at that point. But Pablo Lopez going against Feltner, so he's only had two starts. I don't know a lot about him. He's sitting at you know 0 and 1 record with a 5-4 a 5-40 ERA. What's the scouting report on him? What should we expect? I guess he, he's only had what four starts in total um, at the major league level. So, uh, what's the what's the report on him? Yeah, he's he is kind of the Rockies' top pitching prospect, I suppose, at the moment. Uh, Peter Lambert, aside, who's had his injury troubles, um, he's not. He's probably in the kind of typical Rockies starting mold. He's not throwing the hundreds and lighting people up he's you know he's lot he's further down the, the chain than that but you know he's he made his first start of the season back in april which was a bit of a rough one but then five days ago he came back in obviously with center teller on the il and and he bought five innings i think he only gave up 200 runs um so you know reasonably positive signs there for you know, a guy kind of just kind of making his way in, into the major league. So hopefully, you know, he's got the chance now to build on that and he's not making one start and going back down. Yeah. So hopefully he can get some sort of consistency and, and you know, stick around. Do, do you see him sticking around? I mean, more generally after this series, is that the plan, do you think, with this guy? You know, bring him up, the top top pitching prospect or one of. Um, try to avoid the kind of spot start approach of, hey, bring him up, face the Marlins, head back down. Is this more like, listen, let's lock him in until, um, you know, until maybe some of the other guys return or, you know, it's tough, right? Because the Marlins are in a bit of a similar spot too, where they're starting to get some some guys hurt. And it's it's hard to make the right call development wise, particularly with your your main starters, whilst obviously trying to keep the major league uh, level competitive because they still feel in it. So what do you see the kind of midterm plan with this dude in 22? I, I imagine if, the Rockies five starters are all healthy. He'll be kind of back down in in the minor leagues. I think that that's better than keeping him in as a, a long reliever. You know, make him getting consistent AAA starts is probably better for his development than that. But you know, I, I think he's going to still got plenty of opportunities this season. You know, if Sensatella could be back this week, but then Kyle Freeland may miss a start, so he could get an opportunity there to stick around and then. You know, you you always need more than five starters in a season. So I, I would imagine he's going to make plenty of appearances now. You know, if he if he pitches well, you know, you know, you've got to keep him on. You can't get rid of guys pitching well, really. You know, if he's pitching better than someone else, then you've got to make the tough call and do what's best to win games. No doubt about it. Let's flick into game two because I mean, listen, Pablo Lopez in game one. This is a perfect, you know, matchup really for the Marlins in many ways because Pablo's been sensational. Um, obviously, you know, let's let's classify Feltner as a rookie, which in reality he is based on the number of innings and, and starts he's had at the major league level. So perfect matchup. The Marlins will be looking at this thing, and this is a must-win game one. It absolutely is. Game two, I think, gets very interesting because. Uh, a, the start time isn't optimal, 1.40 a.m. for us uh, in the UK. So probably won't be watching this one live, particularly on a Tuesday. Nevertheless, Herman Marquez goes for the Rockies. Um, it's been a little bit of a struggle for him this year, at 1 of 5, 6.30 ERA. And even the you know the home road splits um, don't look great. Either. I think he's actually even worse on the road, actually, Marquez, this year. But the Marlins, this is where the, the storyline gets intriguing. Uh, Tuesday... Uh, it's at the moment down as TBD. However, all reports indicate that Edward Cabrera is being promoted from AAA 
to make his first start uh, of 2022. It's one of the Marlins' top pitching prospects. Uh, looking back to 21, you know, he, he had seven starts, gave up 17 earned runs in that 0-3 record with a 581 ERA. So, you know, it was a hyped start, a hyped promotion back in 21. And if we're totally honest, it was it wasn't amazing. The control, the command just wasn't there. It was just too many walks, I think, from Eddie Cabrera. But I think this in some ways is the matchup of uh, of of the series, actually, just because Marquez is kind of scuttling a bit, looking to get back. Edward Cabrera coming up with the Marlins, they really need him um, to, to perform. Um, what's uh, beyond the numbers, though, Tom? What are you seeing from Marquez right now? He's just not pitching well. He's not hitting his his spots. He's kind of he's not got the the command. He's not he's not missing missing bats like he he normally does. And mm. you know he he's a big strikeout guy, and you know he's just giving a lot of giving up a lot of contact at the moment. Um, you know, there's a few theories flying about why is he, you know, relying less on certain pitches, uh, relying too much on on others. But I think he's just, you know, he's just not pitched well. I think he he started the season with an incredible start against the Dodgers, and then since then, you know, he's been he's been the Rockies' worst starter, which for him is is not what you expect. And no, you know, I don't know, I don't know what what the answer is but hopefully there's there's something it'll just click and he'll he'll find his way back to you know pitching how we know he can yeah no doubt about it again it's it's another funny uh similarity uh to the marlins this year i would I, how you described herman marquez is how i would describe trevor rogers this year it's been exactly the same it just hasn't looked the same and the main thing that's bothering me particularly is just he's he's not missing bats He's not getting the, the whiffs that he was last year. It just looks different. Uh, I don't know what's changed, but something has. Um, and so it's interesting that you're seeing that with Marquez. Uh, I, the Marlins are definitely seeing that with Rogers this year. Not quite sure what's up. And, you know, that kind of takes into Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday game. Also UK friendly. So 10 past, uh, 10 past 8 our time. So, wow, it's perfect for us on a Wednesday. Hopefully the sun's out heading into a bank holiday, a bumper bank holiday weekend for us in the UK. Thursday and Friday bank holidays for the Queen's Jubilee, so that should be sensational, no doubt. And they get it off hot with a with a with a Marlins Rockies game. TBD for both right now. Um, I, looking at the numbers, I would expect Trevor Rogers to be in line to make that start. We're just talking about him. Um, if if we look at it from a Rockies perspective, any ideas who might be the starter there for Game Three? I'm thinking it could be the return of Antonio Senzatella. Uh, I think. He pitched four innings for Albuquerque um, a couple of days ago. Okay, in AAA. Um, so I think he's he's getting ready for his return, and I think that matches up well with Wednesday. Um, I assume they'll be just waiting to make sure he comes through everything okay uh, before confirming it. But I, I would expect uh, Sensatella probably to make his his comeback from the IL in in that game. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's that'd be good news for the Rockies. Clearly, looking at his numbers in general, the thing that stands out to me is whip is really high, one eighty nine whip um, on the season for for Sensatella. So, yeah, that's probably a concern. There's a little bit, maybe too many base runners uh, getting on uh, against him, uh, which is creating some some drama. And I guess when um, when we flip it over to the hitting side, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about the hitters, but I think we should. 
one of the things that stood out to me when I was digging into the Rockies numbers was the lack of stolen bases knocking around. Like there seems to be a, a lack of speed on the base pass for those guys. There's like maybe a, a, a team leader with maybe two attempts or something. Um, it's uh, it's definitely not part of their strategy. Uh, they're looking for bombs and, 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 and maybe that's it. I don't know. But um, just from an offensive side, clearly the standout though, Tom, CJ Crone. Oh my daisy is having a sensational year, particularly a cause. It is like, you know, otherworldly from him in course. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it last year as well, really, after he did have a rough start last year, but but once he clicked, you know, he's you know, he's been magnificent for us. He's been our best yeah. offensive player. Um, you know, he got off to an incredibly hot start, you know, hitting dingers, uh pardon the pun with the, <laughs> the mascot. But um he's uh yeah, he's he's been sensational, is probably the word you'd use. He's he's doing everything for this offense really. Um just need a couple of other guys to to keep up with him. Uh, Brendan Rodgers has had a really encouraging month, so hopefully he can continue that into June. Um, and then yeah, we we need Chris Bryant back as well. That's out uh, fielding work in the last couple of days. But, um, yeah, we need him back hitting. Yeah, no doubt. I think, you know, getting Chris Bryant healthy back in the lineup, it's a big, big boost for the Rockies, clearly. Um, you know, and the other guy that's really stood out to me when you kind of dig into it is, uh, you know, Charlie Blackburn looks to be having a nice year. Not so much at home. Like, it isn't, you know, so much in cause. He's not getting the cause bump. But Blackman looks to be putting together a real nice start of the season. Um, what's Has anything changed for him or just, you know, back to the old Charlie Blackman? Yeah, I think he seems to have recovered a bit of the power that, he didn't hit many home runs last year. Um, he seems to have started to to find that a few more, uh, a bit more this year. Sorry, um, back in the leadoff spot as well, which he didn't do much at all mm. last year. Um, so maybe it's just the comfort of of leading off, and you know that's where he's hit pretty much all of his career. So you know, yeah. you know how these things work. It's just that little bit of comfort, and maybe that's allowing him to find his stride again now. Yeah, I thought the same, actually. I mean, Blackman is just one of them. Just kind of lock him in in the leadoff spot. Just kind of, you know, put him up there. It's all good. Leave him to it. And, uh, yeah, maybe the Rockies overthought that one a little bit last year and, you know, moving him out. But, yeah, putting him back in that spot, no surprise. He's back feeling comfortable. He knows, you know, first first pitch, he's going to be there, um, you know, in, in the box. So, yeah, maybe mentally gets him right, too. Um, for those that don't follow the Rockies that closely, that includes myself, who... Who are the under the radar guys? Who's kind of you know from a, maybe an offensive perspective that is um, is performing well, or that you've got hopes aspirations for this season that, that maybe isn't as big a name as some of the other guys we've touched on? I suppose Brendan Rodgers. I mean, he is he's been touted as a big prospect, but he's not hit the star level, and he had an absolutely disastrous April, um, hitting below a hundred. Um, but oh boy. In May, he's been hitting 344. So if he continues that sort of form or, you know, close to that sort of form for the, the next few months, then, you know, the Rockies hopefully will start to build a dangerous offence. I suppose the other guy is Jonathan Daza, whose his playing time has been limited. You know, he's been coming off the bench at times, but he's, you know, with Chris Bryant injured, he has, he's made a couple of starts recently and he's, you know, he's a high-contact 
uh, hitter. He's not necessarily blasting the ball out of the park, but he's been he's been getting on pace at a, a really good lick uh, this year, which is good to see. And he's a he's a he's a really good defender as well, um, which you need in Corsfield with that massive outfield. Um, so yeah, he's been a, a pleasant surprise to start this year. Yeah, I also remember just thinking back to last year. You may uh, the, you mentioned the word dinger, and that kind of takes us back to uh, you know a real interesting storyline from last year. Obviously, Lewis Brinson incident that wasn't an incident because in reality it was just a, a guy shouting the mascot called Dinger, but it did sound like something else. Uh, but nevertheless, that series I think was the last time we played the Rockies. It was in it was in August. Uh, and I remember CJ Crone was going bananas, but also Connor Joe was kind of flashing in that series too. First time I'd really um, seen Connor Joe play at all. Has he been uh, getting much playing time this year in twenty two? Yeah, yeah, he's been he's been a he's been a big part. He's been I'll just uh, go do a quick check on his his numbers, but he's been you know he's been doing well. Uh, what's he hitting two seventy two this year? So he's a little bit below what he was doing last year. Um, mm-hmm. But you know he is putting together you know a, a nice year. I think the DH has has helped get him more playing time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because you've you've got that extra hitter. He's not having to ride the bench at times, you know, because you've got Charlie Blackman penciled in, and you would have had Chris Bryant penciled in at left field. Um, would have, and we signed Randall or traded for Randall Gritchick as well. So his, his playing time would have been maybe limited, uh, you know. In a normal year, but I think the DH has really helped him and Daza as well. Those guys, it's creating an extra spot for those guys to get playing time. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's putting together a, a reasonably nice year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, the overall summary I'm getting here is the, the Rockies hitters, they started slow in April and they've actually come around a bit in May. And, um, you know, that's that's not, not that encouraging for the fish. Um, sounds like they dealt with a couple of issues on the pitch inside, but again, starting to get healthier again. So again, the more encouragement there for the Rockies. What about the closing situation? Because I must say one of the Achilles heels this year for the Marlins has been closing games. I don't believe that's the case for the Rockies. I think they've actually uh, managed to find themselves someone that looks reliable there in the, in the ninth. Yeah, Daniel Bard, has, uh, he's looked a lot better than he did last year. Um, I think last his first year with the Rockies, he was, he was very good. Uh, last year, he had a bit of a, a down year, but this year he's looked a lot closer him and Tyler Kinley um, and Alex Colomay have probably been the three guys in the bullpen that have stood out. I mean, Tyler Kinley's been what a four six five ERA plus. He's been kind of ridiculous uh, this year. He's barely given up anything. But yeah, those three guys in the bullpen have been kind of holding things together because beyond those three, it's uh, pretty disastrous uh, <laughs> to say the least. So that's why okay. you need, need the starters to be going. Six plus, you know, if yeah, if they're only getting through four innings, there's uh trouble. Not not too much to come. <laughs> not too, very very. That is a very cricket term you've just used there, I believe. And uh, our US listeners probably missed that one, but as uh, the UK guys are listening, will will know exactly uh, where you're coming there. Not that much to come after uh, after the top four. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. Uh, it sounds, I mean, you know that that definitely. Uh, that scouting report is is not unfamiliar to many teams you, you kind of talk to, really. You know, the starters, if they can go five, six, seven, um, you know, avoid the kind of, you know, the, the low leverage pen arms and then actually the back end of the pen looks to be okay. And I guess that's the what the what the Rockies are looking for. From a Marlins perspective, it's a really intriguing series. Pablo Lopez, what can he do? Edward Cabrera's first start at 22, what can he do? Trevor Rogers, 
you know, it hasn't been good. Like I said, what can he do? There's a lot of question marks around this. The offensive side is starting to kind of loosely warm up. Jorge Soler's kind of come alive against the Braves, uh, which was nice to see. Garrett Cooper's actually had a real nice series too. Um, but, you know, and Jazz Chisholm just back after uh, kind of a week or so uh, not playing. Joe Wendell just back as well. So the offense is starting to get some guys back. So it should be a really intriguing series. The club's actually are mirroring each other. It's a it's a Spider-Man gift situation right now, in my opinion. And uh, we know the Rockies are sensational at home. And last time the Marlins were in town, they got spanked. And so we are not looking for any uh, any repeats of that one. But I think it's a fun one. It's a fun UK one. Two of three in UK friendlies. So uh, we'll look forward to that. Um, that's going to wrap us up today for Locked On Marlins. Uh, Tom? For those that aren't watching, because they won't be able to see the graphics, but let everyone know where they can get you on Twitter if they want to engage during this uh, this series or any other in the future. Yeah, uh, it's just at Rockies underscore UK. Quite simple. That's where you'll find me. Underscore UK. Never forget the underscore, guys, of course. Any TikToks or Instagrams? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, leave that to more interesting people. Uh, <laughs> no one wants to watch me pretend to care about the Rockies that much on TikTok. Um, it's no. a step too far, right? Leave that to Dave. Dave there you go. Exactly. TikTok man. exactly. Leave it to the guys that are, that are maybe for the right demographic. I don't know. But anyway, that is that is us done and dusted. Monday's episode of Locked on Marlins. Me, Peter Pratt, and also Rockies UK, Tom Ritchie, uh, helping to preview this one. We're looking for a big, big series from these fish. Need to get this season back on track. And... Let's sit back and enjoy UK Friendly Monday. Back on Tuesday, guest TBC. But likely we will be digging deep into Edward Cabrera and what we should expect from him. 